You're listening to Socialist News and Views with your host, Nick Schillingford. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this, the 35th episode of Socialist News and Views. In the second half of our show, we have Freedom Perspectives, a few voices about what the word freedom means to the left and how we should use it. But first, we start with the news, starting with local news. Strike-breaking Minneapolis School Board moves forward with privatization plan is the title of an article from Socialist Alternative written by education support professional Jason Hardwig and posted on June 13th. The article says the Minneapolis school board is set to pass $27 million in cuts to school budgets on June 14th. The article continues, quote, even though they successfully forced union leaders to back away from key demands for safe and stable schools during a historic strike Earlier this year, the school board clearly wants to further underfund schools and push privatization schemes to weaken the potential for a fight back from unions, working class parents, and students, end quote. The article points the finger for these cuts squarely at the Democratic Party, which it says has continued to support cuts to public education at the same time as supporting the charter school movement. Ultimately, it says Minneapolis Federation of Teachers is the organization that can stop these cuts. The article says the union must reach out to parents, students, and other union members to, quote, begin round two against the district and save the city's public education system, end quote. You can read the full article on socialistalternative.org. Also, June 13th is an article on Southside Pride entitled, Let's Dump More Water on South Minneapolis. The article is by Katherine Kelly and says that the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board is considering a project that would pump water from a lake in Edina into the Minneapolis water system. The article says this would not only bring in more water to a system already, quote, suffering from excess water, end quote, but would also increase the pollution load going into Bidet Mikoska. You can read more on southsidepride.com. Report, Minnesota's biggest city's lead in advancing worker rights is the title of another June 13th article. This one on Minnesota reformer Max Nesterak writes in the article, quote, while the federal government in recent years has fallen down on the job of protecting workers' rights and improving the fortunes of low-income workers, cities like Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Duluth are increasingly leading the way, end quote. It says this is according to a report which was recently released by the Economic Policy Institute, the Harvard Labor and Work-Life Program, and Local Progress. The report outlined minimum wage, paid sick time, and laws to protect independent contractors as examples of cities doing more than the state and federal government. The article also says, quote, St. Paul has collected more than $24,000 in restitution from 10 settlements 
for employees for violations of the city's earned sick time ordinance, according to a St. Paul spokesman, end quote. Mike Moen writes on June 13th for the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder an article with the title, Minnesota Becomes Latest State to Boost SNAP Eligibility. The article says while the legislature didn't finalize much, they did agree to raise the gross income threshold for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, to 200% of the federal poverty level, which it says makes it slightly more than 46 k a year for a family of three. The article quotes a representative of the group Hunger Solutions saying, quote, we're starting to see a hunger cliff and many people experiencing that, end quote. The article says the end of COVID relief programs for food insecurity winding down is one of the causes of this new insecurity. Julia Rock writes for Jacobin on the 13th of June, an article entitled To Fight Inflation, the Fed is Declaring a War on Workers and says, quote, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell plans to address sky-high inflation by hiking interest rates, acknowledging that doing so will suppress wages and worker power. It's a response that will force workers to bear the brunt of the inflation crisis, end quote. But the article says this approach will not tackle, quote, the root cause of today's inflation, brittle supply chains, a surge in energy prices further heightened by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, a housing crisis, which could actually be exacerbated by interest rate hikes, all of which are undergirded by corporate concentration, enabling exorbitant corporate profits, end quote. Rock says also in the article that there is overwhelming evidence that workers' wages are specifically not driving inflation. Also says Rock, data shows, quote, that while wages have continued to increase, the rate of increase is slowing, end quote. Time for Taxpayer Revolt Against Rich Corporate Welfareists is the title of an article Ralph Nader has on Counterpunch on June 14th. The article outlines all the subsidies given to corporations and the history that took us to this point that Nader calls, quote, government-guaranteed capitalism, end quote. Nader also speaks directly to the individual taxpayer saying, quote, you've been required to subsidize these companies for them to make a profit and you get nothing in return Silent partners pouring money indirectly into big-name corporations. They misleadingly call these subsidies incentives, but they are really coerced entitlements, end quote. You can read all of that article on counterpunch.org. Internal Sabotage, What the January 6th Committee Gets Wrong is the title of an article by Sam Fisher on itsgoingdown.org. The article says January 6th being a coup is often dismissed because, quote, the military was not used to seize the Capitol building, end quote. But it says, quote, according to the world's infamous textbook on coup d'etat's coup d'etat, a practical handbook, the type of internal security sabotage which occurred on January 6th is the standard practice of every coup d'etat, end quote. It says the main goal of a coup, according to the author of that text, is, quote, to prevent defending forces from effectively defending, end quote. The article says, ultimately, the liberals on the January 6th committee are missing the point of internal sabotage, and so we cannot count on the liberal state to defend us from fascism, quote, fully or consistently, end quote. So the article says the most important thing for anti-fascists to do now is educate and spread awareness of the internal sabotage, which proved this was a coup, and make Trump, quote, an obvious fascist who must be prevented from running again, end quote. Fight for Democracy, Fight for Socialism is the title of DSA National Director Maria Svart's intro to the DSA Dispatch for June 
That intro says in part, quote, voting mattered, and it continues to matter. But without pressure in the streets, nothing moves through formal politics. Democratic socialists understand that our power comes from an organized grassroots. People across the country understand this and are organizing at Starbucks and other workplaces. And in this moment, when everything is at stake, every single one of us must act, end quote. But I ask the question, how should we act? Prepare for mass action to keep abortion legal, defend women's and reproductive rights all out when the Supreme Court issues ruling is the title of a statement on Fight Back News, which encourages the mobilization of thousands of people to, quote, take to the streets and show the ruling class that if they take our reproductive rights away, we will take them back by any means necessary, end quote. The statement says that many of the most important constitutional rights that we have today were won only in the 1960s from, quote, mass struggle, end quote, which it says is also the only way we can save these rights. Number of police killings in 2022 outpaced 2021 is the title of an item on Black Agenda Radio from Margaret Kimberly Barr, executive editor and senior columnist. The founder of Mapping Police Violence provides analysis in that piece. Check it out. When America no longer exports carnage as a business model, maybe we'll stop seeing it in the streets here. That is an article also from Black Agenda Report, uh, written by Jacqueline Lukeman on June 8th. The article highlights the hypocrisy of the Biden administration and members of Congress who seem to have concern about gun violence here in the United States and yet continue to support huge military spending packages for Ukraine. The article says, quote, So who does Biden think he's fooling, standing behind a podium, feigning outrage and invoking God and wondering when will the carnage on our streets end when he is pouring carnage onto the streets of Ukraine to the tune of $135 million a day, end quote. Check both of those out on Black Agenda Report. With the resistance of the Ukrainian people for its victory against the aggression is posted as a statement on commons.com.ua and is from the European Network in Solidarity with Ukraine in which it says in part, quote, we have never accepted and we will never accept that any power or any military bloc can prevent a people from deciding its own future in opposition to the right of peoples to their national self-determination. For these reasons, we stand with the resistance of the Ukrainian people against the aggression of Russian imperialism and its attempt to rebuild the Tsarist and then Soviet Empire, end quote. On Truthout is an article, NATO membership may spell the end of Finland and Sweden as social democracies. Western imperialism turns to pessimism in Ukraine is the title of an article on Marxist.com. Back Ukraine Independence, Get Moscow's Troops Out Now is the title of an article on TheMilitant.com with subtitle, Unite Ukrainian Russian Workers Against Putin's War. Also check out an article on World Socialist website, WSW.org, titled COVID Denial versus Reality, the Growing Threat of Omicron Subvariants. And on Al Jazeera is Pollution Cuts Life Expectancy in India capital by 10 years. Epic. The title for a news agency piece discussing a study by Energy Policy Institute at the University of Chicago about pollution in India's capital. That's the news. Now we go to a song by the great Woody Guthrie. This song is about Sacco and Vanzetti. Wikipedia says these two, quote, were Italian immigrant anarchists who were controversially accused of murdering a guard and a paymaster during the April 15th 
1920 armed robbery of the Slater and Morrill Shoe Company in Braintree, Massachusetts, United States. Seven years later, they were executed in the electric chair at Charlestown State Prison, end quote. The song is Two Good Men, again by Woody Guthrie. Say there, did you hear the news? Psycho worked at trimming shoes. Van said he was a peddling man, pushed his fish cart with his hand. Two good men a long time gone. Two good men a long time gone. Psycho and Van Zetti are gone. They left me here to sing this song. Psycho's born across the sea, somewhere over in Italy. Fans that he born appearance fine, drank the best Italian wine. Psycho sailed to sea one day, landed up in the Boston Bay. Fans that he sailed the ocean blue and landed up in Boston too. Two good men's a long time gone. Two good men's a long time gone. Two good men's a long time gone. Left me here to sing this song. Psycho's wife, three children had, Psycho was a family man. Fans that he was a dreaming man, his book is always in his hands. Psycho earned his bread and butter, being the factory's best shoe cutter. Fans that he spoke both day and night, told the workers how to fight. Two good men a long time gone, two good men a long time gone. Two good men a long time gone Left me here to sing this song I'll tell you if you ask me about this payroll robbery Two clerks is killed by the shoe factory On the street in South Braintree Judge there told his friends around That he had cut the radicals down Anarchist bastard was the name Judge there called these two good men I'll tell you the prosecutor's name, Katzman, Adams, Williams, Kane. The judge and lawyer strutted down, they done more tricks than circus clowns. Two good men's a long time gone. Two good men's a long time gone. Two good men's a long time gone. Left me here to sing this song. Van Zetti docked in 1908, slept along the dirty street. Told the workers organizing on electric cherry dyes. All you people ought to be like me and work like Psycho and Vanzetti and every day find ways to fight on the union side for the workers' rights. Well, I ain't got time to tell this tale. The Dixon Bulls are on my trail, but I'll remember these two good men that died to show me how to live. Two good men's a long time gone. Two good men's a long time gone. Two good men's a long time gone Left me here to sing this song All you people in Swasso's Lane Sing this song and sing it plain All you folks that's coming along Jump in with me and sing this song It's two good men a long time gone Two good men a long time gone Two good men a long time gone 
left me here to sing this song. And now we go to four perspectives on the word freedom. The question I asked was, the right wing and conservatives have a significant history in recent memory of claiming the term freedom. Think freedom fries or freedom convoy. With this in mind, can the left reclaim this term? Should we want to? Is there a better term we could use instead to communicate the ideas relating to freedom that are important to us? Here's the responses. Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Calvin. I am a registered nurse here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, member of the Minnesota Nurses Association, a new shirt within the MNA. And also, for the record, I'm a quite a long time um, street medic, working with very, a variety of street medic groups here in the Twin Cities. I am also um, a trade union in the trade union world, a very proud member of the Minnesota Nurses Association, former member of the Michigan Nurses Association, very proud former member of the Irish Ventures Groceries and Allied Trade Assistance, which is the Basically, the uh, Irish version of ASME, as well as the Irish Transparent General Workers Union, which is roughly a, uh, the Irish version of the Teamsters. So, anyway, oh, and also as a record, I'm also a lifelong um, Irish Republican, which means that by definition, I am an international socialist, uh, as well as being an Irish Republican. So, anyway, there's who and what I am living here in Minneapolis. So, in regard to the question on the issue of uh, the, the, the right-wing folks and they're talking about freedom fries, freedom think, freedom convoy, et cetera, et cetera, and taking you know, the, the concepts of that term away from the right-wing in this country. First of all, um, uh, as Nick and I were talking earlier, um, when we talk about, when we talk about free, when these guys talk about freedom, they never talk about economic freedom, ever. And the reason for that being is that we all know is that their masters, their owners won't allow them to talk about economic freedom because that cuts into the economic freedoms of their owners, their masters, the corporate elites. And that's both within the Democrat and Republican parties, as an aside. Now, for me, as, as a socialist and, again, as an internationalist and a socialist, um, I like to talk about the idea of actual liberation, liberation for, for humanity and for the freedom for the human soul and indeed economic liberation for all working class people all throughout the world. And God willing the day where we will become united as a working class rather than fighting each other over some of the most inane, insane stuff. So that's my thoughts on freedom versus actual liberation. And, um, and again, as a lifelong socialist and uh, Irish Republican. So Thank you, and, and uh, God bless you all, my new friends. My name is Bobby Aguilera. I live in Wisconsin. And while I don't know a lot about the political aspects of the question, I think there are a lot of synonyms that one could use if they wanted to move away from the word freedom. A few that come to mind off the top of my head are autonomy, sovereignty, liberation, emancipation, and self-determination. There's a handful of good examples. That's what I had to share, but I thought it was important to know that there are other options available to use when the word freedom is needed and might not be the most appropriate option. Hi, my name is uh, Greg Gibbs. I'm a, a political proletarian fiction writer, a blogger. I've been in unions and left groups. Activist since high school. Uh, I now volunteer at Mayday Books. 
and um, that's my uh, <laughs> my resume. So, uh, uh, well, one of the people on my Facebook feed calls it free dumb, D-U-M-B, but I, <laughs> because he's talking about how the right talk about it. And, uh, you know, I think freedom, there's so many uh, definitions of it, but the, the Marxist one is that um, you have to have uh, a material base for your freedom. In other words, uh, Mesereau says freedom has to be materially substantive. And in other words, you, you have the freedom to live under a bridge. You know, you have a freedom to be homeless and starve, unemployed, poverty-stricken, ignorant, poisoned, sick, exploited, die in a war, be injured and in debt. No free time. Even virtual slavery still exists in some so-called free countries. And so the legal definition of freedom, which is a negative definition, which you... In other words, you can do whatever you want. You can get in your car and drive across the United States. You can go and find a place to shoot your gun, you know, that's legal. <laughs> of course, that slops over. Uh, and so the, the kind of the libertarian right wing and even um, liberal idea of freedom is, is a legal um, idea. And the, and the socialist view is that if you have to have a material base for freedom, in other words, then real freedom exists. And I know, you know, whether we've got a better slogan than freedom as a word, I don't think, uh, you know, that one word doesn't work. You'd have to have something like, you know, real freedom or uh, working class freedom or something because people are exploited every day. People live in a state that bosses them around and you know, can kill them if, if it wants. And so, uh, you know, but liberals and conservatives still think, oh, that's okay, that's freedom, because you can go and get a drink when you're 18, you know. Well, those are good things too. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the socialist idea is that, uh, and the Marxist idea is that it's got to be, freedom has got to be based on material um, support and material security. So even FDR brought this up. He said, uh, you know, he wanted a Bill of Economic Rights in 1944. So he's kind of stealing from the socialists or the communists. And he says, you need a job, a decent wage, a decent home, medical care, good education, adequate food and clothing, protection against sickness, old age, unemployment, and accidents. Well, the first five, we don't have. We don't have any right to a job or, or security of a job, wage, home, medical care, education, or food. We have so much overproduction of clothing. We got plenty of junky clothing. So, and we do have limited protections against sickness, old age, unemployment, and accidents, but they're very convoluted. So, you know, we, we don't have these freedoms. Um, and, and they're connected to rights, too, freedom and rights are actually connected and uh, they're not they're not two different things and equality is connected too so it's a it's kind of a complex of things that a socialist would would advocate um and do we have a slogan better than freedom as a word that's uh that's a head scratcher and uh i think you know you could say real freedom working class freedom uh uh 
you know, something like that, freedom not to starve, you know. <laughs> Just like we've had to change the right to work law, uh, cliche, the right to work for less. So, um, you know, that that's going to take some um, some brainstorming, I think. Uh, so that's the basic position of the two, you know, between the two of them. There's bad freedoms. You can have a, a freedom to exploit people, <laughs> you know. And, and that's the heart of capitalism, so that goes on every day. Nobody talks about that on the right. The liberals don't talk about it. The, you know, some anarchists do, uh, you know, but they, they, uh, they don't want to have uh, uh, the end of exploitation. And that's inherent in the economic system. So that's, that's the, uh, you know... That's skipped over when they talk about freedom. And yet anybody who goes to work knows they're bossed around by some boss. They're bossed around by, uh, uh, you know, their their whole corporation or their, their little boss in a little company or a little store or wherever they work. You know, they don't have any democracy or power on that sh shop floor unless they have a union. And then they've got a little bit of power or maybe more than a little, you know, depending on the union. So um, I, I, don't, I think you have to claim the term. And Marx basically said you have to go from the realm of necessity to the realm of freedom. This was in Capital, was in the Communist Manifesto, which means that you, unless your basic needs are taken care of, you're not even free as an individual to develop yourself. And that, that's the real freedom that, you know, socialism is looking towards and uh, that's not uh, nobody talks about that they think that things are so bad they never even think of that idea <laughs> but that's what the point of Marxism is 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 the, the real realm of freedom so I, I, that's my pitch my name is Bjorn Johnson I've been involved in political activism for a long time and uh, I, I it was asked to comment on freedom so uh, I, I think it is important that we do talk about freedom because uh, there are a lot of freedoms we support that our opponents don't. Yet they use the word freedom constantly, to uh, freedom prize, uh, and freedom, 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 but they never really define what freedom is. While at the same time, they want to take away freedom. They want to take away the freedom for women to choose what to do with their own body. They want to take away it's a freedom for gay people to get the employment. If they want to take away the freedom to use marijuana, there's all kinds of freedoms they want to restrict. If they want a heavy police force that will harass black people on the streets, and there's a lot of ways in which they limit freedom, and we have allowed them to use the freedom as a buzzword for too long without really challenging them on it. So. I think we need to use the word freedom in our own way, but we can't just use the word freedom as a buzzword like they do. It has to have meaning, and we can't just act like it's all freedom all the time for everyone, because while everyone should have the freedom to do whatever they want as long as they're not harming anyone else, you should not have the freedom to harm another person. You should not have the freedom to dump toxic chemicals into waterway. You should not have the freedom to uh, fire people for being gay. Uh, 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 there are so many 
things that corporations and wealthy individuals do to restrict other freedom, people's freedom. And that's not, we can't put their freedom above everyone else. So freedom needs to be more than buzzword. We can't pretend that we just want total freedom because if there are ways people can harm others and we can't allow that. And that's our episode. Thanks for listening. Solidarity. This has been another edition of Socialist News and Views with your host, Nick Schillingford.